Hi, and welcome to Screens in Focus podcast, where we share and connect as we spotlight our favorite shows and movies. I'm Diana, and today we're talking about The Walking Dead Season 11, Episode 15, and our recommendations on Bridgerton Season 2, Quiet Place Part 2, Slow Horses, and more. Margaret, wake up! Margaret! Margaret. (laughs) (laughs) I can't deal with a time shift. The time change continuum. How are you today? <laughs> oh, today it's hmm, debatable. <laughs> All right. <laughs> How about you? You're here, and I see you, and I'm happy you're here. Aw, that's nice. Of course. I love seeing you. Okay, so in this episode, Hornsby finds an old truck at the hilltop that he uncovers, which, you know, is an old vehicle. He talks about being a gearhead. So it got me to thinking about old trucks and old cars. And so I wanted to ask you, this is our question of the day. What is your favorite old or classic car that you've ever driven? Well, I learned how to drive on a 73 yellow Mercury Capri. Ah, <laughs> it was the car. Yeah, right. Yeah, so yeah. It, is, it was a stick, too. So I learned how to drive an automatic. When I was 15, my mom would take me out on the street, our street, and then it was a cul-de-sac. So she just had me shift and drive and, you know, learn how to maneuver the shifting. So it was really kind of cool. But that's pretty much what I drove, you know, after I got my license. I took the test, of course, not on a stick, but on an automatic. But I did end up with a flat tire right after the road test. So it's always mechanics. I love cars. I love old cars, though. They're so Uh fun. That car was so fun, that little Mercury Capri. And I, you know, I don't know what happened to it. It was the first car my mom, when my parents got divorced, she had a wagon. Classic, right? Mm -hmm. Housewife, you got three kids, you have a wagon. And um, she traded that in and got the Mercury Capri, which was a four-seater, period. And um, it was great. We tooled around and, you know, she loved it. I loved it. It was it was a cool car. Yeah, I like so. that. What about you? Do you have you ever had? I know you've had a lot of cars, but well, anything in particular? I, you know, my family, my dad had cars, and uh, I remember driving when I was a teenager. When I was starting to drive, I he, he had a uh, orange big GMC truck, <laughs> a GMC yeah. truck, and so it reminded yeah. me of this. You know, the Walking Dead with the truck, and he had his GMC yeah. truck, but. It was smooth. Yeah, pickup truck. And it was smooth. It felt really smooth. But uh, I also wanted to say one time uh, we borrowed my brother's uh, vehicle and he had one of those Volkswagen buses, the the Volkswagen buses things. It didn't have a pop-up thing, but that style, right? A VW bug bus. Similar to that. Wasn't quite that style. But anyways, the whole point I wanted to get on, it drove, it's interesting how all the words were like, it drove really smooth, you know, for being a vehicle that, you know, wasn't brand new, didn't have all this technical stuff on it, but it just was smooth. You just like put it into gear and it would just drive. It was just really easy to drive. And I remember loving that because looking at it, it wasn't the prettiest thing. And I, and it was, you know, like an orangey color, orangey yellow color. And, Uh but it was so, it was really easy and smooth to drive. But one of my first cars was a 69 Mustang Mach 1 that I love that car. 
I was always breaking down in that car, but I loved it. (laughs) It went fast. It was cool. I was known by the car in high school. So I just loved that car. And I know you have a Mustang too. What year is yours? It's a 66. So it's an automatic factory air. And... I lo- and it's a 289, and I love that car, and I cannot get rid of that car. This is my, my first car, so oh, I never got rid of it. I just gosh, towed I love it all that. over the place. I know. I know. Can you stand it? I mean, I had it when I knew you way yeah. back. Yeah. Way back when. <laughs> <laughs> but I know. I so. love these cars. Oh, cars. Good memories, yeah. right? Really good memories. Really yeah. good cars, good memories. All right, friends out there, what is your favorite old or classic car? I mean, wouldn't it be cool if you just told me or sent a picture? I think that would be really cool. So I would love to know. Yeah. Okay, friends out there, what is your favorite old or classic car? Please tell us. We want to know. You can leave us a comment on social media, our website, or email at screensinfocus at gmail.com. Would love to hear from you. The links are in our show notes. All right, so episode 15, Margaret, 15. We got one more episode in this part two. It's entitled Trust. So this episode had muscles, sex, a first kiss, and (laughs) F-bombs. And we got to see that six-month flash forward scene that we were so curious about when this part two began. So, you know, with Daryl... At the front. Oh, yeah yeah, yeah. yeah, with Maggie, that whole part. We finally get to see yeah. how that came about because we wondered how is it that Daryl's in this trooper outfit and why is he saying it doesn't have to be like this? And she says, oh, yes, it does. Yeah. Okay, we're going to talk about it. <laughs> we're going to talk about it. So, Margaret, what did you think of this episode? I This episode entitled trust I thought was very apt because once I really started thinking about what trust meant every little every um interaction had some piece or bit of trust involved whether that was between princess and then Michael they had the trust so just opening up the vulnerability um I can't believe they were in bed I thought they just like went out on a date So I'm losing time here, right? I mean, it's like, we just, okay. I don't know. Anyway, I guess in the apocalypse, you just kind of do things faster. You never know. So (laughs) Negan has a baby on the way. Okay, remember we talked about this last episode? That's right. Yeah. And you were saying, well, it could have been this fast. So hey, Mercer and Princess, there you go, right? I know. I know, but I just didn't see them. I didn't see them hooking up so quickly. I mean, to me, I thought she was, well, no, him. He's so conservative, you know, as a character. He just, and so cautious about everything that he does. So it really kind of surprised me that he was in, not that he would be in bed with her, but he would be in this you know, relationship, because this is now a relationship if you're sleeping yeah. together. Yeah. Um, you know, and you, you at each other's apartments. I mean, that's your your space. So so I thought that was kind of interesting. Then the other trust thing that I, I realized was, uh, or actually not really the trust thing, but just all the different um, relationships and Maggie deferring to Daryl. So he's trusting, she's trusting him to 
take care of the situation. You mm-hmm. know, she's kind of stepping back and letting him handle Hornsby because he's been dealing with Hornsby. So she probably assumes he knows how to handle him or, or manage him without him feeling Hornsby feeling like he's being managed. And then Eugene and Max, I mean, their relationship is growing. And I, I think it's, I think they both are so hungry to have somebody that they find, she finally decided, okay, just why not? You know, so she's cautious, like Mercer slash Michael, but I think she's a little bit more open because she has this pre-existing relationship with Eugene via the radio. Mm -hmm. So, um, but she does trust that he's, you know, looking out for everybody's best interests. And then the other thing is Hornsby really showed his true colors, I thought, Mm. in this episode. Uh, Absolutely. Absolutely. So I'm shocked that nobody in his troop or that everybody in his troop just follows him blindly like Lemmings because it... It makes no sense because he's doing such vile things. And these are people that they know that they've talked to. I mean, they're willing to kill each other just for what? What's their payoff? I don't mm-hmm. get that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I just thought ultimately the whole the whole thing was really testing all the different relationships that exist because everybody's asking something of someone or expecting something from someone, and then yeah. you have to deliver it. What if you don't deliver it? Do you, you know, what happens? Does your relationship break down? I mean, what goes on? So um, that's that's kind of what I got from that episode. It was it left me kind of hanging in a lot of situations or in a lot of circumstances based on what was going on. So I don't really know what's going to happen. I mean, I didn't think any of that was going to happen. So what about you? I think you're absolutely right when it comes to trust, just like Hornsby did not trust Aaron and Father Gabriel's story. And I laughed out loud when Hornsby recited their story back to them. Like it was Uh so far fetched, like you really want me to believe you. But then you see Father Gabriel and Aaron's faces and they're both so stern, (laughs) like, yep, that's what we said, you know, and um, (laughs) when you call us a liar, it was, but they were, they just, well, it was such a contrast because, you know, Hornsby comes off. You know, he always has a smile on his face. He's and a says, smirk. Well, yeah, because you know underneath what he really is saying and feeling. He's yeah. so comical, though, in the way his expressions. And, and they're so they were so serious. And then they say, yeah, that's what happened. And then, of course, he asks Daryl, what do you think? And Daryl says, yeah, it's plausible. I mean, they've been out on their own. They know how to handle themselves. <laughs> but, I mean, Daryl was really right there because when Hornsby went away, Daryl turned around and looked at him like, God, guys, come on. You know, come on. But do you, th- do you think Hornsby really expects Daryl to give them up? No. That's what I don't know what he expected from Daryl for him to ask him that. I don't know. Maybe he just wanted to see what he'd say. So I I just but I loved all of that. I loved watching that whole dynamic of them. When I watched it the second time, it still made me kind of like laugh, smirk, because I just loved everybody's attitudes in that. I loved the way Hornsby played it, even though 
you know, he's such a jerk and he's a villain, but I do <laughs> like the way he's playing his role. And I like yeah. the way Daryl played his role and how and how Father Gabriel and Aaron were, you know, so mm-hmm. I, I really mm-hmm. appreciated that whole scene. But I agree with you about Hornsby. I feel like he's just relentless in what he wants. He just wants to win at all costs when they were walking through the woods and just he didn't doesn't really care you can tell he doesn't care about Aaron and Father Negan anymore or did I say that Father right Negan Woo. <laughs> Father Gabriel yes <laughs> Aaron and Father Gabriel anymore I feel like at that point, he thought they were going to die because really, yes, the the look on his face that they did it. He's like, oh, man, he was a little surprised and upset that they made it. I think he thought that one or both of them could die. I don't know. Well, that was the plan. Yes, that was the plan. And and he's like, damn, they made it through that. But and then when they he did get to Hilltop and um he just interrogating little Herschel, just trying to get him to <laughs> flip. And also with, with the truck, like we had spoke about, say, you know, cause yeah. he really thought he was going to catch Maggie in a lie. And he thought, Oh, yeah. it's just this connector puts yeah. the connector. And I was like sweating it because the way Maggie was uh, responding. They were great. I know. Yes. I thought, Oh my gosh, she's going to get found out. And it, it, it was just really well done. And then it was like, Oh no, it's, it doesn't work. It's not working. <gasps> Thank God. I don't know what they did, but they were smart. And however, they got the truck not to work. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, because he was remove a spark plug, right? I mean, really? I mean, it didn't have a, it didn't have a spark. So it had yeah. to be something else disconnected. So. Yeah. But he was even checking the tires and how the mud, you know, checking how long the oh, mud could have been there. And and then with yeah. the little ball cap with Herschel. But that was his hat. Wasn't that his hat? I think so. I think yeah. it was. I thought the same thing. I'm like, oh, I think it's Herschel's hat. It would have so, been better if his name was inside. <laughs> you I know. know. I know. Yeah. Well, how could he have done that? Well, I guess somebody could have sewn it in, I guess. But no, no magic marker. Yeah. And I, and I I liked seeing Elijah come uh, protect Herschel. I thought that was a really cool uh, scene there. Mm-hmm. But um, with Hornsby, I found it interesting. I'm jumping forward here at the toward the end when he approaches Leah's tent that he I was surprised he wasn't afraid. He trusted that she wasn't going to do anything. And he doesn't know Leah. She could have picked him off right there. He doesn't know this person, where they're coming from. He doesn't know her. He doesn't know what to expect from her. He doesn't know what she's dealt with, with Maggie and Daryl before. Yet it was almost like he did know. So I found it um, interesting that and I had questions about his assumptions. I think that there might. OK, so you can go under the assumption he approaches in a suit, no guns, no nothing. He looks pretty harmless. But um, and he's talking very loudly and he's surrounded by all these people. So that's his shield, all the people. However, we don't really know if they have never crossed paths before. They might have. And we just don't know it yet. So she, mm. they may know each other from something way back when, but I, I don't know. I, he just has, he's an arrogant jerk. He so is. he's going to, he thinks nobody, he's untouchable. 
So when he finally does end up dying, which I think will happen, mm-hmm. um, not the, not at the end of this two out of three, but it'll end probably second to last episode or something. But he's going to die. You know he's going to die. And Pam is probably going to kill him. I don't know. Somebody will kill I him. Maybe know. the kid. Maybe her kid will kill him. Whatever his name is. Hi, Sebastian. So, you know, I know this yeah. is really, really jumping ahead, but I'm thinking, will Daryl kill Leah? It, it, it just... I thought about it briefly because wow. she, because in the previews, Hornsby tells her, I want, did he say, I want proof that she's dead yeah. or yeah. I want something yeah. like that. Right. And so yeah. that's oh, her plan. You'll have it. Yeah. yeah. And I thought, Ooh, you think you're going to kill Maggie? She's not going to die. <laughs> she's in, no. she's in the spinoff. <laughs> But no, besides that, (laughs) I don't, yeah, I don't think she's going to die. She gets put back together in the animal farm. Could be her twin. She could have a twin out there. Uh, But um, yeah, and then I thought, well, will Maggie kill her or maybe it'll be Daryl. Wow, because maybe he'll be like, you know what? This is my family and you've crossed the line, Leah. You've crossed the line. I don't know. Or will Leah end up saving Daryl somehow, maybe, and not do what she's supposed to do. I don't know. There's so many ways this could go, but... uh, I think she will say... I don't think she'll kill Maggie. I think she's going to pretend she's going to play the role like everybody does. could be. And pretend like she did what Hornsby wanted her to do, just so she can get back to where she was, which was her own little thing, you know? I don't think she's going to kill anybody. There's, what's what good is that going to do her? Yeah. What's she going to get out of it? Yeah, it would only be for revenge. And who's to say if she's, yeah. If against she has, her? Against Maggie? Yeah. There's no yeah. what's there. I mean, there's no. And Daryl, she was supposedly in love with Daryl. So there's nothing mm-hmm. there. I mean, her, sure, her family, right? And it's just, you know, you don't really know if these people have gone crazy either, just with everything that's going on. So. Exactly. So true. But, I want to get back to Mercer and Princess because... You had brought them up earlier because yeah. I actually love the scene, the <laughs> their discussion on sex and Princess sensing something is up with Mercer about him staying up at night, staring at the ceiling. And uh, but he's resistant to tell her what he's going through at that point. I felt like it was really realistic of a couple. So I liked seeing them in that manner. And then later he apologizes, like he waits for her outside her apartment, which I thought was cute. Um, and she says, <laughs> "He should have been in the apartment." She he says she has the key, <laughs> uh, possibly. But she says she can handle the heavy stuff too. And he tell, and then he tells her because he's trusting her, which I. I thought that was a big leap on his part. He tells her that he killed the, his own troopers and that it's really weighing on him, yeah. which is what I had said in the last podcast episode. I thought it was really bothering him and it and it is really bothering him because it's keeping him up at night because he struggles with this. And so he he tells her about it and she says, you know what, let's go inside. Let's work it out. Um, but yeah, I just like that she's there for him and that he confided in her. I also want to say that I know you thought it was fast or quick for them, but now we know it's been six months since they've been there. So that's a long time. We, we, we're we feeling like it's like two months or they just had that party, but it's really been six months. Hmm. 
So it probably just seems like it was quick for them, but it well, hasn't been. They are adults too. Yeah, they? exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> and they're really good at it, Margaret. They're really good at it. <laughs> Let them have their fun. They've been on the road for so long. They need it. They need it. Good for them. I love it. I love it. Love is in the air. Hey, I keep singing songs. <laughs> Old I don't songs. <laughs> They're old songs. Um, and Mercer and Max, I thought that was a cool conversation too. You know that she was kind of saying, "Hey, I, I'm grown up. You don't have to protect me. And come on, do something. We can't just sit on our hands anymore. We got to act." So um, yeah. it was kind of nice to see that dynamic between brother and sister, which I think prompted him to finally spill the beans to Princess, which will all come about as me and you have talked about before about Princer. Princer. Ah! I said their ship name, Princer, <laughs> on accident. <laughs> um, it'll bring uh, Mercer over to our side, which we already knew he was going to, but you know, oh, just yeah. so much closer, just so much closer. Yeah. Just cause they're trusting. The only people they're telling anything to are the outsider people. Yeah. You know, so yeah. they're actually being real with them. So yeah, exactly. All Interesting. right. Any other thoughts or tidbits on this episode, Margaret? So the one thing, okay. So working in the medical field, I did not appreciate <laughs> The appendectomy set up in the OR because it was no masks, no gloves, <gasps> I like no thing. sterile, nothing sterile. And then I'm like, oh my God, she's going to be dead from something exactly. in the air. So I couldn't believe that they did that. And the thing is, the director, okay, so this is the thing that I was thinking of before. The director, um, I did watch a little bit of the, talk, the, the Talking Dead. And uh, so the director was... She knows her stuff because she was on ER. And I'm like, yeah. oh, my God, how much does she really know? Because she doesn't. I'm in the OR like twice a month. Not that that's a lot, but it's more than the average Joe. And I've been in there working in there. And you there's a sterile field and there's all the stuff that you have to maintain and everything else. And sure, you see all these medical shows from way back when they don't have a, you know, a surgical suite and, you know, you know, 1800s, whatever. So they're really down and dirty and nitty gritty, but still you get infections so easily anyway. But I just thought it was kind of interesting because um, I would have thought that they would have had something in lieu of some of the, like a drape or something a little bit more. I don't know, sterile for them just to kind of try to be a little more safe because he's doing surgery out in the barnyard, you know? So. I Okay, I don't work in the medical field and I said it out loud as we were watching it. So I'm feeling yeah. what you felt at just as yeah. a regular person because I said, he's not wearing a mask. I mean, he has them. No. He's a doctor. Why didn't he bring them with him? And also, right? Also, even Carol dabbing, oh my God. dabbing the yeah girl down with the their blood. gauze. Yeah, the blood. Sorry, yeah. and with the gauze. Gauze, I can't see. But see, even her proximity, I thought, oh my God, her hands. She hasn't washed her hands. I mean, can't you at least get a bit of water? <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. I know. To make it seem like you're washing hands. So yes, I agree. Like they care. So That's sepsis. All- <laughs> 
that's all you would have needed. Put a mask on him, just a, a regular, at least, you know, Anything. like the ones we wear, right? Yeah, and then yeah. just have her just really quick rinse her hands in water. At least we would have felt there was some effort. So that's so funny. Yeah. No, I know. Yeah. So anything else, Margaret? Any other tidbits or thoughts? Well, I pers- I've really enjoyed the camera work on the more recent shows just because mm-hmm. it's like up front and center, you know, the killings and the close-ups and the perspective and then the over the aerial view of them in bed. That was unique. You know, they just, they're really doing a lot of experimenting with just making things a little bit more interesting visually. So I really appreciate that being Mm -hmm. a photographer. So I think um, it's unfortunate that they didn't do this before, but it's the directors that they're bringing in that have a vision. And then the, you know, the, um, the other guy, director of photography, you know, they always have something, you know, to contribute, but the director ultimately and producers are the ones that really make the decision. So I thought that it really emphasized just the, the brute force killing when they, when Hornsby's like, okay, you guys, these are yours, <laughs> you know, that, yeah. that, that yeah. horde and a horde of what, 12 guys or 15 guys, 15 dead people. And and I'm surprised that Daryl went and helped. I'm not surprised that Daryl went and helped, but I'm surprised that Hornsby let Daryl go and help because Daryl had the actual machinery. It's almost like Hornsby just wanted to see these guys in action because he's probably never seen anybody actually take on these guys, you know, hand-to-hand combat. They've always used guns or some kind of weaponry to take them out, the dead people. So the walkers. Yeah. So it's kind of, it. Um, I think it really lends itself to Hornsby's just fascination with the power in this group that has come into the their society and what they can bring. The, the re, it's raw and real and, you know, authentic. And I think that Hornsby gets off on that. So, yeah. And? And my little tidbits and thoughts were, one, I liked Eugene and Max's kiss finally because I thought, oh, my gosh, this is real. And they haven't kissed before, uh, even though he thought he kissed <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> but uh, now it was Max's turn. But it was part of that whole vulnerability because they trust each other now. And so yeah. they had their yeah. first kiss, which was I'm like, yes, Eugene, finally. And then so Eugene and Rosita tell Connie and Kelly about April and saying, oh, we need to get it out there because all this stuff is happening oh, underneath yeah. the scenes. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. But when Connie and Kelly showed them that list... I'm thinking, who sent them the list? Somebody sent them that list, which is part of that group that we haven't seen yet. But somebody sent them that list. So when are these people going to reveal themselves? It's got to be hopefully soon. And I'm thinking it will be the next episode because it's the last episode before the break. Right. So I can't wait to see that and and who that entails and who it is. And if it's anybody we've seen already, although I don't know that we haven't seen that many people from the Commonwealth except for the main people. But Mm -hmm. um, just... As a side note, Max and Mercer, I just think that the best looking siblings, I thought, wow, because when Mercer was working out with his kettlebell and then Max comes in with her white or off-white looking pants, I'm like, geez, these guys, both these were blessed with these bodies, man. I was like, wow. And then watching Mercer go from one thing to another, I they, they've never showed 
shown that before. So um, that was He was doing circuit trading. Yes, he was. <laughs> <laughs> he was doing it well, too, okay? Oh, man. But, um, but, and she just had those high heels and those cute pants and her shirt's all, you know, she's got that little bow tie all the way up. And yeah. so they just looked really good. They just are nice. They're, they have good genes. Okay. I don't know. Their parents are probably unfortunately <laughs> long gone, but their parents, uh, passed along those good genes. And then we haven't even talked about Carol and Ezekiel's conversation, but because that was so minor compared to, I think, everything else that (laughs) happened. But I did like their conversation. I do like that she's sensing something and, and because he can see something in her because he now has a light that she says. And, uh, but you can see something's brewing within Carol too, that she's ready to make her move. But I thought it was cute I thought it was cute that she tells Ezekiel, uh, yeah, we're not getting back together. <laughs> he says, I, I know. That was funny. Yeah, he's all, I know. You keep telling me that. Um, so, yeah, it was funny. And then I, I don't think he wants to get back together with her either, though. I think he would. There's I no, think he no, would. No, there's no affection. There's no real physical touching or affection or even comfort. It's not even like they're chummy buddy it's just very well, they are chummy buddy on, i think they are chummy verbally buddy. not yeah. not physically though oh, yeah. I, they don't yeah, yeah. have any body language at all so to me that's yeah. why they're yeah. just buds no yeah. they're not they're not intimate or yes. going to be yeah but um i also saw what you saw how you've said in the past episodes how they're shooting all of this because i thought the opening shot where they showed the toby carlson the cia agent dead and he had those walkers surrounding him and they were placed perfectly the colors look so good though even though it was with guts and blood it It was was really (laughs) yes it was art it was art i thought even though it was um you know shouldn't be a pleasant looking scene it looked it was a nice looking it was a nice shot (laughs) so I was waiting for somebody to twitch and get up and walk away. I know. <laughs> you know. I Well, they were sleeping. They're like, we're full now. So we're sleeping it off. <laughs> it's like turkey, you know, Thanksgiving. You know, after you have a turkey, you're like, ah, oh, I'm full now. <laughs> Food coma. All Whatever right, that Margaret. Is, hormone. <laughs> <laughs> we are at our segment and the award goes to. So tell me, what was your favorite quote, character or moment? I liked the moment when Hornsby was grilling Herschel and um, and everybody ran to his aid. So it was really, really tense. And I really thought Hornsby should have bit it. <laughs> I know. Point. With every, I mean, but everybody was under, so you didn't know who was pointing at who and who was, you know, yeah. but I felt bad for poor little Herschel and he, you know, he didn't know what to do. He's such this mama's boy. So, <laughs> but at least he didn't give it all up, which was yeah. good. But you don't know if he would have if Hornsby had had more time with them either, because kids kids have a ten- they tell the tell it like it is, you know. They generally don't have any kind of filter. So um, I thought that was really kind of where everybody came together, the old the core group, and and I think that it really exposed that they still are a tight knit group, mm-hmm. even though Daryl is. Yeah. A, stormtrooper guy yeah and um maggie's over here and it's really and what's i think 
that might have been what really flipped Hornsby into deciding that he sh- needs to get rid of Maggie because she is the core of this mm-hmm. group. And if he can get rid of her, then he can control everybody else. They'll fall in line with him. And you, what was your moment or character? I agree with you on your favorite moment, but also adding to that, I like the, I love the badass moments. So to me, what stood out to me was when Aaron bashed at Walker with his armored hand and Father Gabriel sliced the Walker and then seconds later, mm-hmm. its head goes sliding off. Yes. Yeah, and uh, yeah, so I thought that that was really cool. And then Hornsby watches and Daryl kicks the head to him and says, saved you another bullet. And also, <laughs> also when Daryl turns the gun on Hornsby, when that whole thing with Herschel right. happened and says, you've turned the place upside down. You didn't find anything. And unless you want to die for nothing, tell them to drop the guns before something really effing bad happens. Oh, my <laughs> I know. Yeah, that was very appropriate. <laughs> yes. Okay. Daryl has been, yeah, my badass king for the last season. He's just, I just love it. I love it. Ah, it was perfect. It was great. I liked that. I totally heard that as well. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, I've never heard that on TV before. All right. Tell me one thing you learned in this episode and then what you're looking forward to in The Walking Dead. I am amazed that they can be so fresh and with the storyline and just kind of keep it moving forward. I think the season has been really incredible that way. So unpredictable. And as far as anything looking forward to, I want to see what happens. Like we spoke about Maggie and Leah and then Hornsby and what happens with all his guys, if they stay with him or if they hang it up. And um, then Pam and her son, what's going to happen to them? Because yeah. the kid has been uncovered as being, yeah, and she knows, she's already called him, whatever she called him. Um, so she's aware. So there's got to be some repercussion for that. So that's that's about all I think that might happen or yeah. that I would like to see happen sooner than later. Yeah. So I don't know. Well, I learned that you have to be the power for change because I saw that throughout this episode with Mercer, with Max, with Ezekiel and with the others, but, you know, mostly those three in this episode. And Mm -hmm. I'm looking forward to seeing our group kick some Hornsby, Sebastian, Leah, butt. man, I just, uh, (laughs) I want them to put them in their place. So, oh my God, one more episode. Hey, I didn't mention this at the top of this episode, but I do want to mention it now that they, you probably saw that they filmed their last Walking Dead episode this a few days ago. So that was, yeah, yeah, it was all over their social media. Yeah. Angela King had moments. Greg Nicotero had moments. Daryl, you know, Norman Reedus had moments and uh, they just had it all spotlighted, you know, um, their final moments. And I guess uh, Norman Reedus gave kind of an emotional send off, you know, because it was their last time. I'm like, oh, and it kind of hit me. I'm like, oh, I know we still have eight, you know, nine more episodes, but oh, I remember when we had 22 and 26. I'm like, how did we get here? 
But uh, yeah, so it's a little heartbreaking. So I just wanted to bring that up. All right. That wraps up our conversation on The Walking Dead. Margaret, what else are you currently watching? I, so I've been getting, I have a subscription to the Apple TV Plus. So I've been getting these, hey, why don't you check out this new, uh, this new show? So the new show that I checked out was Slow Horses and it stars Gary Oldman and it has Kristen Scott Thomas, both English actors. And it's really kind of an interesting show. So it's about MI5, not MI6, because MI5 is where all the MI6 rejects get sent Mm. to perform the underclass sort of duties. So they do all the research, the paper searches, the internet search. You know, they do all that background information. Check they're not out in the field. So I thought it was really Kind of interesting, a little hard to understand because of the accents and the, and I'm having a hard time understanding people. I don't know if it's the sound, my TV, I'm not sure, but it's just not that clear. Plus they speak pretty quickly. So you kind of got to get into the rhythm of the English accent and then you can get it better. But it really is about this one guy who failed miserably his final test out in the field to find a guy with a backpack with a bomb (laughs) and you think it's real, right? You think it's actually happening and he's out there as an agent, but it's actually just his last field test, which he failed because the guy ended up blowing up, you know, the train station and killing 159 people or whatever and injuring however many. And so they're like, you can't, you never, you didn't pass, you know, you got to go to this other place. So this other place is run by Gary Oldman and he's just like, you know, whiskey, smoking, feet up on the table. It's a dank office. And, you know, they're just running background checks on people and running, you know, cameras and doing this, that. I mean, doing minor, minor stuff. And this guy is like, oh, I got to get out of there. I got to get this. Or at least all one episode. So it's quite the full plate just in one episode because I didn't go on to number two because I was tired. So, um, but I was away, so my movie, actually, I watched on the plane, and unfortunately, it was a two-and-a-half-hour movie, or two-and-a-half-plus-hour movie, and I only had, like, an hour-fifty-minute flight, so I ah. did, did not get to see the very end of it, but it was the Spider-Man No Way Home, and so I left what, it. <laughs> I, I thought it was, I'm not a Marvel. I like oh, watching those yeah. things, but I'm not yeah. addicted. Okay. Yeah, so yeah. I thought it was, I like the Tom Holland guy as Spider-Man. I like him better than Tobey Maguire uh, or the other guy. Uh, uh, What's the other guy? What's stop. The, you don't like Tom Holland? I do, but I, I love like, Tobey Maguire. Ugh, I can't <laughs> stand his mouth. He's, he's, uh, so, he's got this tiny little mouth hey, and he hey, talks like this. Hey. So, um, oh, anyway, um, so I thought it was really kind of cool. The whole intertwining of all the different guys who play. I mean, it was a way to bring all of the worlds together and yeah. make it have it make sense because it was dimensional. And then yeah. bringing back all of the villains from all of these things, yeah. um, all these different dimensions, and then having them all because he's revealed. And apparently, you know, it happens in one dimension. It happens in all of the dimensions. So I just thought it was really kind of very creative. And I liked the interplay. And I liked all that. And I still don't know how it ends. So I have to <laughs> I was hoping to catch the rest of it on the next flight home. <laughs> and the system didn't work. So I couldn't. And I was like, crap. 
So I ended, I'm going to have to rent it or yeah. I don't know. I'll have to yeah. see it somehow just to see how it ends. But I love Zendaya. Is that she's, mm-hmm. she yes. was in Dune. She's phenomenal. I think she's an incredible actress. She is. I, she and is. I don't know why they have not, why she has not been recognized properly or yeah. awarded. Well, anything. she has won Emmys. She has won an Emmy. She should be, but she's she, been doing films. I know, but she so. is in Euphoria. Yeah, but she didn't get she didn't get the SAG award though because I voted uh, for her because I saw Euphoria when it was up and I was like, yeah. holy shit, who is? Oh, pardon my French, but who is this girl? She's yeah. really good. I was unfamiliar with her. She's also in uh, Malcolm and Marie. It's um, it's on Netflix. It's a black and white film. It was shot oh. during uh, COVID. Uh-huh. It didn't get the best of review. But I actually really liked it because I really liked her. It's one of those movies where it's and and that's why I watch it, because I really do like her. And I think she's really good for being such a young actress. So she is good. She's good in all of that. I like her. I'm a fan. (laughs) Me too. So that's what I got. What do you got? Okay, so I watched Bridgerton season two on Netflix. I will say. I've got one more episode to go. Oh, I was man. trying to stay up so late last night so I could finish it. But I love the series. This series is all about the Bridgerton family trying to find love in the Regency era high society. Season one was such a hit, concentrating on the eldest daughter, Daphne and Simon. And in this season, concentrates on the eldest son, I don't know if it's Anthony or Antony, but anyways, he's the Viscount. Antony. It's Antony. Antony, Antony. No, no, I'm kidding. It's Antony is how you say it in New York. Antony. Oh, okay. <laughs> so, I'm but I do love, of course, I love it all, right? Because as you would love. You and, just love love. I, don't, I do. I, don't, I love oh. love. I love it. But, I um, know. <laughs> I also Mm-mm. like gossip. And so what I love is that Lady Whistledown is the gossip columnist that people in season one don't get to learn who she is until the end. And of course, in season two, oh, you do know who I it know. is. <gasps> no, you don't know because I'm not saying who it is. But it's narrated oh. by Julie Andrews. But it oh. is not Julie Andrews. Okay. Uh, but also what I love is the music. The music is current right now. Current music. Really? But they play it. Through an orchestra, oh, so you reckon? Yes, mm, instrumentally cool. orchestra. It is so cool because you're like, wait, I know this song. <laughs> and you're like, wait, that's why I know this song. It's very cool. I love it. Love Bridgerton. Mm-mm. But I also watched my Saturday night movie was Quiet Place Part Two, and I saw it oh. on Paramount Plus. You just saw that? Yes, Part wow. Two. Yeah, wow. because I didn't have access unless I would have purchased it, and I haven't. So I was able to watch it on Paramount Plus, but. For, it's a post-apocalyptic horror film and follow-up to the 2018 film by John Krasinski, starring Emily Blunt, who leads the Abbott family, along with her deaf daughter, Reagan, and son, Marcus, and the baby. And uh, so what I liked about this film is that it shows um, as a flashback prior to the apocalypse when the creatures or aliens um, come to Earth, and we get to see... Is it Cillian? I don't know if that's how you pronounce his name. Cillian Murphy, the actor. He's a new character that the family meets up with during the apocalypse, but you get to see him introduced in the flashback, which I appreciated. And so Reagan, the daughter in this, um, in both films, of course, she is deaf and she figures out a way 
or she discovers um, that the creatures are vulnerable to high frequency mm-hmm. and she's able to use her hearing implant with a speaker to weaken the creatures. I really liked this movie. I liked the first one. I, I know it's taken me a while to see the second one, but I really liked it. And um, to me, it's better than your average horror film. So mm-hmm. I really liked it and appreciated it. But it wasn't resolved. No. So, so yeah. there's probably going to be a number three. Yep, <laughs> yep absolutely. <laughs> All right, Margaret. Thank you again for your insights and your recommendations. I love Ah. them. Thank you, Margaret. You're welcome. That's our show. Thanks for tuning in. We are grateful you tuned in, and we hope something we said today resonated with you, gave you a chuckle, some happiness, some positivity, or inspiration. Please subscribe to our website and follow Screens in Focus and tell a friend. We would love more members of our TV club. You can rate and review the podcast on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, or wherever you get your podcasts. This will help other listeners find us. We'll be releasing a new episode next week. Next show will be on The Walking Dead, Season 11, Episode 16. Oh, my God, 16. You can find our website listed in our show notes. See you next time. Bye. Bye.